You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. All right, it's Chris and J-Mac filling in for Dan on The Dan Patrick Show. And we're going to get back to the NFL. It is the story of the week. The richest contract ever in American sports history. What do we let's call it 10 years, 503 million? J Mac, does that sound yeah, fair? Half a bill, yeah, half a billy, as uh, Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star Telegram was telling us. And he also agreed with me that they will get Dak Prescott done yeah. to your dismay. It's not dismay, man. I hope everybody gets paid. You hate Dak. <laughs> you, I, you dis- I do you not are, hate you are anybody. A hater on Dak. I mean, listen, I you, dislike a lot of people, uh, some people in our industry, but I don't hate nobody. That does but not, you know what I Chris, mean. as You're a Christian, a you, you know we do not hate people. There's no value in hating everyone that's or anyone. right. That is right. But that said, in today's parlance, I'm saying this tongue-in-cheek. Parlance? You're a you dropping some SAT you're, vocabulary words? You're a hater when it comes to Dak Prescott. Would you agree to that? I'm not. I'm you don't not hate him, hater. but you know I'm what just, I mean. How about this? I'm not a believer in him as a franchise quarterback yet. Okay. Is that okay. fair? Yes. He's had a couple fair. really and, good well, seasons. It's fair to, to categorize you like that. It's not fair to say because he's clearly proven he's a franchise quarterback. Uh, he hasn't has he? proven he's a Hall of Famer. Define proven. Like Define proven. He's a leader of men. He's got the intangibles. He's won. He's been to two playoffs in four years. He's beaten Russell Wilson in the playoffs. He's got more victories <laughs> in the regular season than anybody not named Tom Brady or Russell Wilson. Again. With his main man, Ezekiel Elliott, missing six games. And he's one of only two quarterbacks to throw for more than 20 touchdowns outside of the red zone since 2018. Andy Dalton. Need I go on? Andy Dalton went to the playoffs in Cincinnati multiple years. He didn't win any. He didn't win any playoff That's already won one. That's already won one. Whoa, he won one playoff game. Whoopty damn dude. Who else you want to throw in my face? I mean, I'm just saying huh? Andy Dalton proved he was a franchise He's, quarterback in Cincinnati. We already dismissed Dan No, he, he, he Matt Stafford has been a franchise quarterback How for a decade. How many playoff games has, has Stafford won? He hasn't won any. He's okay, been, he's he's been to a couple well. and he hasn't won He's any. dismissed two. So right, is, so it, is, that, the, is that the who barometer? Else? Well, Carson Wentz has not won a playoff Wins, game. Wins, so, baby. Wins. Quarterback Carson wins? Is that a stat? What is this, 1987? I want Carson to stay healthy. That's what I want. But let's look. We can, we we've gotten into Dak before. Uh, it's my duty to educate you, <laughs> and so let's let's move on to something else. Patrick Mahomes. One thing I love about his approach. He spoke yesterday about the contract he signed, and here's one of the things he said: J Mac, Pat Mahomes. Not only does it give me the security that I've always wanted, but also it allows an opportunity for the team to be great around me the entire duration of my career. I have full trust things will be handled the right way as we go throughout this career and that we will be in a position to win a lot of football games and hopefully win a lot more championships as my career goes on. Here's what I love about that, J-Mac. It's the Tom Brady approach. It's a winner's approach. Pat Mahomes is about winning rings. That's what he's about. He wants to win championships because he knows that at the end of the day, his legacy will be based on how many Super Bowls he was able to lead the Kansas City Chiefs to. That's it. He can put up all the numbers in the world. If he doesn't have the trophy, then it's not going to 
sing as loud, ring as loud as it would with rings. Hmm. He can't be in the GOAT conversation without those rings. So I, And this is the mentality of the winners. The greatest winners in modern history have this mentality. Yes, I'm going to get paid. Yes, I'm going to have generational wealth. I'm going to be wealthy beyond my wildest dreams. And my children's children's children will be set. But I'm willing to leave a little bit on the table to help my team be in position mm. to add players around me so we can win. And I said it. Who else had that mentality? Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady was able to have it because his wife was a world-renowned no, supermodel who's worth $500 million herself. Tom Brady, Tom Brady is going to make nearly $300 million in his career. But he, I don't care if his wife worked at McDonald's. Stop he it. He still would. Hold Tom on, Brady was never on, the highest-paid quarterback in the league ever at any point. $300 That's one of the big million dollars isn't enough to live off? Well, Am again, $300 million is funny money, Chris. You know taxes take half of that, and your okay, agent and lawyer. I, I'm not denying that Tom Brady has generational million. wealth. Uh, okay, that's all I'm saying. Right. Now, Tom Brady, Tim Duncan, five rings. Tim left money on the table. So they could he could stay in San Antonio. They could keep Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili and others around him. Five rings. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was never the highest paid player in the league until his last two years in Chicago when he got these huge payments because there was no cap. But before that, he wasn't worried. He was like, you know, I'm getting a little, I got my contract, I signed it, I'm going to play it out. And even LeBron, when he went to Miami, LeBron was initially willing to take a little bit less money. He didn't have to because they ended up doing a sign and trade, but he was willing to take a little less money. And so my point to you is that's the winner's mentality. Okay. And so again, this, that's this, what I love about this, Pat Mahomes. This is good, Chris. You just helped me so much in my argument here, okay? It's about so, educating. Um, and I didn't think you were going to bring this up. This is good. You, you finally said something. Two, it took two hours for you to help me out with something. Um, you mentioned Popovich and the Spurs uh, and Tim Duncan taking less. And I've been thinking this whole time, like, Pat Mahomes said something that you don't see in the NFL or the NBA. I want to play my whole career in Kansas City. You don't see that in the NBA. We we I mean we hear that all the time in football. Well, I, I'm here. I'm gonna put down roots. Make me the highest paid. I'm not going anywhere. We don't see that in the NBA. We see team players wanting to jump to big cities and team up with their buddies and win titles. But why is that? And Tim Duncan, you mentioned it. Early success. Patrick Mahomes won a Super Bowl in his third year. In Kansas City. He sees Andy Reid as a great coach and a front office who built a winner. Tim Duncan won an early title in uh, San Antonio. I think it was 99 when they beat the Knicks. Early in his career, he said, man, they got Tony Parker. They're putting pieces around me. I like this. I will stay here. Ah, but when you go to LeBron and you go to, we even started the Zion Williamson talk. Well, he ain't going to stay in New Orleans. Why is that? Because you can't build a winner around them. If the front office doesn't do its job and the head coach doesn't do its job, you're never going to get these guys to buy in and stay. And that's why I've never bashed LeBron for leaving Cleveland. 
Okay, I'm not going to bash Zion if he ends up leaving New Orleans. I'm not going to bash Luca. Can we not put Zion and LeBron's okay in the same for fact, with fine. LeBron? Yet? I'm not going to okay, bash Luca if he ends up leaving Dallas. If the front office and the coaches don't build a winner around uh, the superstar, they're going to want to leave. That's and this is great. I mean, like I think it's great that Pat Mahomes has already said, "Whoa, <laughs> I got an MVP. I got a Super Bowl MVP. I don't need to go anywhere." Why am I leaving? Tom Brady, as a young guy, remember, he was a six-round pick. Nobody thought greatness from Tom Brady. He was good at Michigan, won won a couple bowl games, put up some good stats. You know Michigan well. One of your daughters went there. Brady was never supposed to be an amazing NFL quarterback. Nobody had him pegged for greatness. Right. Nobody had Patrick Mahomes pegged for greatness when he went 10th overall, and he didn't even start in his rookie year. Played one game, I think, uh, week 16. You know, like... I, I love this everything about this Pat Mahomes story. I love everything about the Curry story. These underdogs. And I know you're going to laugh and say, how's Mahomes an underdog when his parent, his dad was a professional athlete? And same with Curry. Nobody pad them pegged for greatness. And, and I just think they're awesome stories. And I think if front offices can build around their stars like the Chiefs have with Mahomes, you're going to get them for the long haul. Well, look, Giannis has talked about wanting to stay in Milwaukee. We'll see if that happens. Mm. But what happens is this, That's a great topic, by the way. Because the Bucs are going to be able to offer him a Supermax after this year. What if the bubble doesn't go well? Does Giannis hold it against the Bucs? Or does he say, well, this is unique. I'm sticking around. This is going to be a great test case for, as you said, Giannis in Milwaukee. Small town? Or does he want to leave for Chicago, New York, whatever? We just discussed this yesterday, too, on the Eye Couple. Uh, Trey Young. His dad came out and said, because there's speculation he wants to go to the Lakers because he signed with Clutch Sports, Rich Paul, LeBron James. And his dad came out and said, no, he wants to stay in Atlanta and have a statue next to Dominique. And so I do think that some players are like that. But here's what happens. I think LeBron may have even felt that way earlier in his career. I know because early in LeBron's career, he he told me in an interview in 2006 he wasn't going to chase rings. He was very confident that he was going to win championships no matter who was around him. And I think in your youth, you do feel like, like initially when players come into a league, first thing you want to do is establish yourself as a star. You can talk about winning all you want. The first thing you want to do, especially in the NBA, is establish yourself as a superstar. I'm I'm one of the best players in the league. Then... You know, you're not worried about money or winning, and, and people aren't worried about winning for you either. Like, there's a honeymoon period where you don't win early in your career necessarily. Nobody holds it against you because they understand you're young. And then the second thing is I want to get that super max contract in the NBA. Then once you get that, then you start feeling, I got to win. And certain players, J-Mac, are just so good individually that if they don't win rings, there is a pressure on them where they absolutely have to win Inside rings. or outside pressure? Because I think the outside pressure got to LeBron. Remember, LeBron was yeah. heightened social media, the 24-hour news cycle. Uh, that didn't get to Michael Jordan in 1989 when he kept failing with the Bulls. And he ended up signing a long-term deal with them. Like, you know, he was ascending. They hadn't won anything. But there was no outside pressure. Oh, can Michael Jordan, is he going to win a title? Well, yeah. actually, there was. 
I mean, not much. Start, not like it is today. I watching basketball until 2007. Stop it. Stop. Chris, but, there is no uh, way you could compare the no, pressure course, on Jordan. But, but no, then it wasn't. To today. The, uh, no, nobody in their right mind would say there's as much pressure in yesteryear as there is today because technology, social media, so on and so forth. Agreed. But for that time period, Michael Jordan had the sneakers. He had the come fly with me video. He had the ridiculous numbers. But everybody was criticizing him. Or not everybody, but a lot of people were criticizing him, saying he can't win. Yeah, he was in such oh, the shadow of Magic and Bird. He put on all these numbers, yeah. but he, Magic and Bird are the real winners. And the Pistons were even better. Though. He couldn't get by the Pistons, you know? Pistons were a great team. Pistons, there's an argument to be made that they could have made the finals four straight years. Yeah, very true. Yeah, Because they had the, the Celtics beat uh, in game five. And oh, we don't have Isaiah. to go into all that. Oh, yeah, they had them yeah. beat. Then the next year they got to the finals and lost to the Lakers when they may have had you know had them beat a phantom foul call for Kareem. So th- we could go on and on about that, but uh, yeah, there is what happens. A LeBron James, a Kevin Durant, they're so great that like there's pressure on them to win championships. J Mac, there's not. I mean, Trey Young is great. If Trey Young doesn't win a title, is anybody going to yeah. say anything? I, I'm like sorry. Damian you Lillard. wouldn't let me Damian talk about Lillard Zion and you bringing up Trey Young no, <laughs> repeatedly? But, but that's, Come that's on. That's my point. My point is that <laughs> there are certain players who are – like Damian Lillard is great. I think Damian Lillard is going to be a Hall of Famer. But if he doesn't win a ring, nobody's going to be like, oh, he didn't win a ring. No, he didn't. You know, like there, it, LeBron was of that stratosphere where it was like he's got to win a ring. He's being compared to Michael Jordan. He's got to win a ring, and that's the difference. Some guys have absolutely got to do it. Kevin Durant felt the pressure. You're right. It starts externally, but eventually it gets internal. It becomes internal. Yeah. I mean, again, Durant spent, I think it was eight years in OKC and one in Seattle. Like, listen, man, I, just because you guys drafted me, I don't have to stay here in perpetuity forever. I don't have, Now, Pat Mahomes has made it clear. I already got a title. I'm not, I don't need to go anywhere. Um, right. But like, you, you you know, let's be honest. You started your career at one place. You don't have to stay there forever. You know, nope. like everybody out there listening they started the a job. Yeah, they, they can move the wherever they want. You no don't question. have to stay there. And, and for whatever reason in sports, we think, oh, they drafted this guy. He's going to be with us forever. No, he doesn't have to. We I got agree. freedom I, to roam. I, I don't hold it against players for doing yeah. whatever they want. They're free to go wherever they want. 100%. But I think the difference is, and I think this is why people feel that way, is because there's an entire, there's a whole team loyalty aspect, not to mention fan base in sports that does not exist elsewhere. That's the difference. If we don't, you and, I mean, the average person, the average accountant or doctor or journalist doesn't have people in that town cheering for him. Right? Spending money on him. Yeah. Okay? That's the difference, and that's why we expect more of that in sports. And and there are. It just depends on the individual. Allen Iverson always said, look, I want to stay in Philly. If I don't win a ring, I'm going to give my heart and soul to win a ring. If I don't win one and I stay here, fine. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, it's uh, Chris Broussard and Jason McIntyre filling in for Dan Patrick. This is the Dan Patrick Show. We've been talking about the NFL and the NBA, but J-Mac, there's another sport about to return, and I'm excited. It's Major League Baseball. And uh, 
Major League Baseball, people may find this hard to believe. It it, it used to be wildly popular <laughs> among African Americans. It really and obviously the country. It was America's sport in the eighties. Yeah, it was definitely America's sport up through, up, to, up through to the eighties. You're right because uh, it long. It was obviously America's pastime, but um, it is falling off on the national scene. It's still very strong regionally. A lot of people say now it's a regional sport, but uh, it doesn't have it doesn't capture the imagination of the nation like it used to. And particularly in the African-American community. And like I said, baseball used to be wildly popular among blacks. That might be hard for some people to believe now, young people, you know, because you see so few. Major League Baseball, Jason, is down to 7% black. 7.7% African-American players. That's actually up from a couple of years ago when it was 6.7%. But that's very low. The high mark was close to 19% in the 80s. But... Uh, here's Mookie Betts. He talked about feeling a responsibility to grow the game in the black community. Mookie Betts, many people would say is the second best player in Major League Baseball behind Mike Trout. Mookie is African-American. Here's what he said about it. Obviously, MLB can help, but I think it's on us, the black players, to bring it to the black communities and make baseball cool. I think that's where the disconnect is. Us as black people don't think it's that much fun. So we have to find a way to make it fun for the black community and get more guys here. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's a very difficult discussion, Chris, because there is no easy solution. Uh, when you look at what's happened to society with cell phones uh, and video games, we are an impatient group of human beings right now, and we want everything right now. We want the joy, the excitement, the fun and that happens in basketball. And that happens in football. And you turn on a baseball game, and it's like three hours of just kind of monotonous nothing. I mean, baseball, look at what happened with the analytics in baseball that's made the sport either either a strikeout or a home run. And very little in between. And that the sport just isn't that exciting now. No. Uh, it's weird, Chris. You know, I, I got two young kids, seven and nine. Right. And I coach them in soccer. They love soccer. And then, you know, one of them made a travel soccer You ain't going to tell me soccer is more exciting than baseball. Oh, I'm soccer sorry. is undeniably Stop. more exciting to kids really? than baseball. To kids. No. Certainly. I, baseball is fun to play. Soccer is constant moving when you're in elementary and, and school. And no scoring. Well, I mean, in elementary school, there's a lot of scoring. Now, yes, MLS and, you know, Premier <laughs> League's different. But when the kids are playing, basketball, constant moving. Uh Football. Baseball. A- did you ever play baseball? I did. But here's the thing. My kids... I haven't signed them up for baseball or softball yet. It's just not that exciting. Now, it listen, if you're playing in the play. backyard and you're playing pitch to hit and, you know, that's it, that's exciting. But when you're sitting in a dugout, okay, and, and you're waiting for the entire lineup to bat, it's just not that fun for kids. I know a lot of kids in my son's grade who don't even play baseball. Now, if you're talking about playing pitching and hitting in the yard, that's fine. But signing up and signing up for parents to sit in the sun for two hours on a Saturday in the fall when you can go to the beach and you can do a ton of other stuff, it's a tough sell. You are so wrong. I, what do you, you mean wrong? You are so wrong. I played baseball through the time, up till I was 16 years old. Baseball was just as fun as any other sport to play. Now, obviously, individuals have their preferences. 
It was never my, my favorite sport was football, then basketball, then baseball. But baseball is fun to play. I give it to you to sit there and watch one game in June uh, on a Tuesday night on television when there's 162 of them and it doesn't really matter who wins or yeah. that, that can be tough. I love watching the playoffs. I watch some regular season, but I, I really tune in for the playoffs because something's at stake. I wish Major League Baseball would cut their number of games yes. to about 80. <laughs> Significantly. You know, honestly, yeah, 80 to 100. I know they won't because of the money. I wish basketball would cut it to about 65, but they won't because of the money as well. But here, here's what I think are the issues that of why African-Americans aren't playing baseball as much anymore. And let me say this first, J-Mac. This is only a problem if African-Americans aren't getting the opportunity to play. It, if, look, if, the, if Major League Baseball is overwhelmingly white and other races and there are very few blacks playing because blacks either aren't good enough or don't want to play, then that's not a problem. We're not talking about having a quota in Major League Baseball where you got to have a certain number of black players. If, they, if we don't want to play or aren't good enough, fine. But I don't think that's the case. We've shown in the past we're clearly good enough. Yeah, that, I mean, certainly. And so it, it's, it's, it's either are we just don't want to play anymore or what? So here, here are my reasons. Number one, I think uh, the first thing is that it's easier. Now you see the, the Hispanic population in, the, in Major League Baseball has risen dramatically as the African-American population has dropped because it's cheaper for these teams to go down to South America, to the Caribbean, and set up academies down there and get kids, and you can, you know, sign them for less money and all that. That's a way out of there for them. That's a lot, right, and it's a lot cheaper for Major League Baseball to do that than to develop kids in America. That that is, But that doesn't affect just black kids. That's all American kids. But that's a factor. That's one. I think the second one is that baseball has become a very expensive sport on the lower levels. We always talked about you don't see a lot of blacks in tennis and golf and things like that because they're more expensive. Same thing with baseball now. To a, these kids in high school are going to these showcases and where the college coaches are at and watch you. You usually need to go to about four or five in a year, and they cost like $500 to $1,000 a pop. And then to play on these travel teams is very expensive. So those are, those are more factors. The game is being priced out. Poor people are kind of being priced out of it. It's becoming very much a middle-class or upper-class sport. Then I think that I, I also think that the, lack, the, the fatherless crisis that really is hitting all of America now but certainly has devastated the black community, uh, I think that's a big factor because playing baseball is a, a lot of its father's son. A lot of its fathers in introducing their sons to the game, teaching them the skills. You're not baseball, basketball. I can just go out and shoot on the hoop or yep. play on the playground and, and become pretty good. Yep. Baseball, you need somebody to help you know how to swing, how to judge a fly ball, how to field a grounder, all that stuff, that skills development. And when I played baseball as a kid, I played in leagues that were half or, or predominantly African American, huh. and it was fathers coaching us, black fathers coaching us in those games. So I think that's become a factor as well. And then I think, I'm going to throw this last thing at you, Jason. I think the lack of African-American players has, has led, is, is one factor in why baseball does not capture the national imagination anymore. Yeah. Because I, let's, let's face agree. it, right, black players bring a lot of color, no pun intended, 
to the sports scene. They, the, some of the most, probably most of the most outspoken, colorful, uh, uh, charismatic players and personalities have been African-American players. And so, and baseball used to have that too. When you had people like Dennis Oil Cam Boyd and Willie Stargell and Mickey Rivers and Ricky Henderson and guys like that, that, you know, they're not all African-Americans obviously are like that, but some have brought a lot of that to the game, that pizzazz. Deion Sanders even brought it when he played a little bit of baseball. And so that is what 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 has made the NBA so popular, Jason? Storyline. Storyline. Social media has helped, right. Chris. You know that. And I think that that has hurt baseball as well in the black community. So hopefully, look, it's it, you're right. It's no easy fix. You know, the NBA, NBA MLB's got its RBI program, reviving baseball in the inner cities, and they're trying. But uh, you know, a lot of those don't have the infrastructures to to really support them, and um, so. It's a tough fix, but I do think there's a little bit of a cool factor, but I don't think that that's far yeah, from the the I biggest know, thing. Man. That's I, that's a small. I I really part of do it. think, and again, I'm not a huge social media proponent for young people. I think you should stay off it. Your brains aren't fully formed. You're not ready for this. Yes, yeah, um, definitely. But I mean, Chris, a lot of young, uh, you know, African Americans look on social media. Who do you like? Who do you want to follow? Look at the followers that LeBron and Curry and Mahomes and these NFL players and NBA players have, and then you look at baseball, it's like, geez. They just, they're they just not as prominent. Mookie Betts. You well, might that, have more followers see, than Mookie Betts on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that is where, like, the NBA embraced the hip-hop culture. You know, they, they embraced the connection between basketball and hip-hop, and they really played into it, and that drew a lot of young fans. Football is just king. You know, fantasy football has helped the popularity of sport, and they're just king. Baseball never really, they don't, they haven't allowed their players to let their personality show forth. Bryce Harper's talked about it, who's white. He said, hey, we got to have fun. We got to show people this is fun. And, you know, and baseball was slow to that. And I think that is a factor. And um, it's, you know, it's interesting but I would love for baseball to kind of get back to where it used to be, both in the nation's conscious and in the in the black community. But we'll see if that happens. All right, we got Seth Joyner joining us in the mo- in a moment. It is uh, is Seth ready, guys? I'm 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 talking to my board. Seth yeah. is ready. Super Bowl champion, NFL analyst, our man Seth Seth Joyner. What's up, brother? Hey, what's happening, guys? I've been listening to y'all. Interesting conversation. What, what do you have any opinion on that, Seth? I don't know if you have boys or anything, but you know, the you you're not you're close to my age. You remember when we were coming up? I mean, baseball. Black people played baseball. <laughs> oh yeah, I played baseball growing up. You know, um, I just think the way that baseball is formatted. Um, if you if you're not a superstar baseball player by the time you get in high school, you just gravitate away from it you know there's many more scholarship opportunities for kids to go out you know and play football and basketball scholarships than they are for baseball because right. of the way that baseball is formatted right right now it's it's true man and it's um i hope that that brothers can start playing it again but you're right it's it's an uphill climb at this point but let's well, get to I, Chris, go ahead. I would ask you you can go go into the inner cities. When I was growing up, 
you know, where I grew up in, you know, almost upstate New York, I grew up 20 minutes outside the city. There were baseball fields everywhere, yep. you know. You don't, you can't go in the inner city anywhere and find a baseball field. So it's about access. Football and basketball is easy. You need a hoop, roll out a basketball. Football, shoot, man, we used to play on the concrete. You can play right. football anywhere. Anywhere. But but <laughs> where right. are you gonna go? Where are you gonna go in the inner city and have access to a baseball field, baseball diamond? You know, when we used to go to all star games and whatnot, we were blown away because we we went outside even outside of our element, outside our element, they had these stadiums that was like, Wow, man. Right. You, you need an ending you needed an inning or two to get over the shock factor about how nice these stadiums <laughs> you know, these these baseball fields were because, you know, we just had a little bit of dirt and some bases, man. You well, know, they're, so and the, they're pricing out a lot of, of the inner city kids, too, because it's so expensive now to play on the travel squads and, and these showcases and things like that cost money. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's it's a big factor. But let's get to the NFL and, and what you know, your former team's kind of embroiled in some controversy uh, or one of your former team's. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles with Deshaun Jackson. What what is your take on this situation, and and how do you think this ends? You know, it, it's for me. Um, I understand why guys do what they do, but you know, first of all, you got to educate yourself on all the information before you step out and say something. Right. No matter what your views are and what you think about certain people, you got to. You got to do your research and find out what they stand for, what they believe, who they oppose, and who they support before you put your livelihood on the line. Um, you know, there was a lot of people um, that that listened to what Louis Farrakhan had to say over the Fourth of July weekend and got sucked into you know a lot of that nonsense. And 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 I say nonsense because you know there's enough hate in the world where you know you don't have to. Certain people who have a voice don't have to put it out there like that. And people can say what they want to, because I know I'll probably take some heat, you know, for my opinions on, you know, as far as what what, what I just said. But for D-Jax, to me, it's a teaching moment. I keep hearing people, even in Philadelphia, that are saying, oh, you know, Jeffrey Lurie and Harry Roseman, they need to cut him. He overstepped the, the, the bounds. And, and, and But it's a teaching moment. And I've even heard people talk about the contrition piece. You know, how do you judge somebody else's contrition? Right. You know, I mean, should he have been on his knees, boohooing and crying? And I get it. You know, there's a segment of, of our population that has been, you know, has been offended. I get it. But at the end of the day, it's a teaching moment. You know, you don't, you don't throw away people who make mistakes. And, you know, the Eagles have set a precedent with situations like this. With Riley because, Cooper, b- right. Because when Riley Cooper came out and said what he said, you know, the other players came out and stood behind him. Michael Vick and some of the other players came out and stood behind him. And a year later, the team extended him and gave him an, a, a, an extended contract. You know, so I, I don't understand why all of a sudden now, you know, there are people out there that want to throw, you know, Deshaun Jackson totally away get him off the team get him out of the city blah 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 blah, blah. come on hey S- come Seth, on. you know the eagles well played for them done a lot of stuff in philly uh, what's what happened with deshaun jackson last year he had that injury in week two and then i heard chatter you know i spent like seven years living outside uh philadelphia 
And I had heard chatter that, you know, he wasn't really keen on coming back. He got that big, fat contract, and he caught, like, five passes after week one. He, like, you know, he had these injuries. You know, when you couple what recently happened with him on social media and then last year's kind of messy year, are we drawing? Can we draw any conclusions that maybe Deshaun Jackson doesn't want to play football? I don't know. No, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not getting into that whole, you know, Colin Kaepernick theory that you know, just he he he's got the large contract, he's got some money, he doesn't want to play. I'm, I'm not going there. I mean, what happened last year was he had the explosive game week one, and then he got a hernia injury, and they get the team gave him the option to either let, let it heal on his own or get the surgery right away. If he had gotten the surgery right away, he probably would have came back in week eight, week nine, you know, and played the rest of the season. But really what wound up happening was he opted to allow it to heal. He got a second opinion. The doctor said, hey, it may heal on its own. But when he tried to come back, he played three plays and realized that, you know, that that wasn't enough and he had to get the surgery. So he opted for the surgery later on in the year. That effectively wiped out his 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 entire the entire rest of the year. So he really only played, you know, one game and maybe a series, and his and his 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 season was over. So um, you know, li- listen. I mean, I've been watching this guy work out on social media um, all off season. You know, he he's got something to prove. You know, not only to himself, but you know, to the organization that reached back out and brought him back in after Chip Kelly ran him out of Philadelphia. Uh, Seth, what do you uh, expect from Cam this year? We said we saw he said he's about to roar. What do you expect from him in uh, New England? Well, I, listen, I, I expect for him to have a hell of a year. I expect for him under, you know, one of the top coaches in the history of the game, one of the top offensive coordinators, you know, in the history of the game. I don't think anybody can – um, can can deny Josh that because, you know, he's a big part of Tom Brady and what was going on with that offense. I think that they will devise something that will give Cam an opportunity to showcase, you know, his abilities again. And I think for the first time, um, you know, in his career, since the beginning of his career, since, the, since his MVP season, that he's 100% healthy. I don't think the Carolina Panthers did him any favors by, you know, bandaging up, you know, his injuries over the year and pushing him back out there. He had the shoulder surgery, wasn't ready, came back, was very erratic, you know. Then he, you know, it, it was just a series of things. And some of his teammates, guys like Greg Olson and and, um, and, 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 and players of that stature have said that the Carolina Panthers did him no justice by not, by not allowing him to completely heal up so that he could be the player that he needed to be. Um, change the scenery. And I think that, you know, listen, the the disrespect for a guy who's only played eight, nine years in the league and I think has a lot left in the tank has been palpable. You know, from from teams and the media talking about what he can't do, you know, how ineffective he's been. I've never seen an MV, a former MVP candidate and Super Bowl um, quarterback get beat up in the media right. like he has, you know. So I get that. Hey, you know what? I'm tired of being humble. I'm I'm gonna go back to being me and thumbing my nose at people and getting y'all, letting y'all know, you know, who I am. Um, and, and from a confidence standpoint, I think that's important for Cam. 
I, I don't think he needs to walk into this season with this hum with this humble little church mouse approach. You know, he's got to go out and be the guy that he's always been. You know, and everybody, people who don't like it, be down. That's Seth Joyner joining the uh, Dan Patrick Show. Seth, great stuff, man. Stuff, we appreciate man. it. You got it, guys. Anytime. All right. All right, brother. Peace. LeBron James is no longer the key to the Lakers' offense. Yeah, you heard that correctly. We'll debate that next on the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, it's the Dan Patrick Show. You got Chris Broussard and Jason McIntyre. Why you got to wait in. so long? What's with that pause? The Did you forget pause. my name? I, no, I wanted to give you your, you know, proper introduction. <laughs> like, like get the people, you know, anticipating. Who, yeah. Who? Get and them it's all the excited. mighty Jay Broussard, Mac. you know what's crazy? Uh, so I just looked at the clock. You? I'm like. Dude, we got <laughs> 10 minutes left? Are you kidding me? Yeah, How fast been, did this fly well, by? That, that means it's been fun. Hopefully well, I mean, it's been I've no, fun for yeah. the listeners. I, I had a lot of fun with you. Yeah, listen, Broussard, it's it's so weird. Like you, I, I still remember when you got to FS1, I was like, wow, Chris Broussard's up in here. And then we became friends, you know, and the banter on uh, your basketball podcast. Oh, and, gosh. I was, uh, I'm all sorry those, about All those jabronis who comment on YouTube. Oh, yeah, you don't need to apologize. I, I mean, really listen, I you dealt you that. L's on a weekly basis <laughs> on your own podcast. Yeah, I right. mean, you, it's so You're funny to go. You're the only person on the planet that feels that way. Go If you go back and look at some of those discussions, how right I was about LeBron should leave for L.A., and uh, Ben Simmons' greatness. Oh, I was LeBron so spot on. Leave, that doesn't mean you're right. Warriors being like the greatest dynasty, better than Jordan's Bulls. Like, I nailed so much. And How I think that's what gave me the credibility. How oh. were they a better dynasty than Jordan's oh, they Bulls? They were so much. They would slaughter the Bulls in a, like the 2017 Warriors. You know, the one that went 16 and 1 in the playoffs and only lost that, a game? The, the one, the, the 2016 Warriors? Uh, the, those I, are the ones 16 that or lost. 17. I, I forget whichever the one went 16 were one. great. Yep, they were great. They, they, look, they're a great team. I'm not going to take anything away the from greatest. them. The greatest. I mean, they would annihilate would Jordan's Bulls. Bulls. It's so them. comical. Like trying to watch like any of those Jordan Bulls teams try to stick with the uh, Splash Brothers and KD and what they could do. I mean, I just I I it makes me a little sad that that team no longer exists. Uh, I, it makes me want to fire off an angry Instagram DM to my guy Durant and be like, "Why'd you leave, Kevin?" Why? Well, he knew he wanted to go somewhere and, and show he could win somewhere else. Right, good luck with Kyrie Irving. By the way, how's your guy Kyrie doing? He uh, he'll be back next year. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, has he handpicked the coach yet for for your Brooklyn? Uh, no, Nets? it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, to see who they end up? Good with. luck. Yeah, you know, I, I I look. They'll be good. They'll be contenders. I don't think they'll win a ring. Are they getting Bradley Beal? It's gonna be tough. Lot it's gonna be of, tough for anybody talk. to get Beal. Well, Beal bailing on uh, on the bubble yeah. it has people even more speculating that he don't want to risk an injury because he could get traded. I don't blame him because obviously the Wizards weren't gonna do anything down yeah. there. Yeah. So yeah, I, I. But now it's gonna be tough to get him though. If I'm the Wizards, I'm not giving him away. What do you mean tough? The Nets have some assets. Yeah, I mean, they got Dinwiddie, they got Levert. To make it, they, work. it seems like Kyrie Irving's demanding that they listen. He wanted a new coach. They got rid of Kenny Atkinson. He wants a third star, which he made clear. Bye-bye, Joe Harris. You know, bye-bye, Karis LeVert. I just be wary of riding with Kyrie Irving. Uh, That would be my only thing. You even said it last time we did a show together. This is a guy who we don't know if he's long for the NBA. 
Kyrie well, might just say, hey. I don't know what he's going to do. I'm just saying that people have talked. There's guys have said it around the league that they, they think he could just walk away one day. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I was just reporting what, what people have said. So that that's a little scuttlebutt that's going around the league, but who knows if it's true or not. I'm not, I, that's not a report. That's just, no, no, certainly. You don't want anybody aggregating this nonsense. Yeah. Um, Here, here, the bottom line though is Kyrie. Don't ever disrespect this game. Cause the dude is bad and hit arguably the best shot in NBA history. So you can't, you got to give him that. The the best or or the biggest, the, the, the greatest shot in NBA history. Like the biggest wow. shot, I'd whatever you want to call it. I need to the let that marinate shot. for a minute. The big, it, I think it's between Kyrie's game winner, uh, or series winner yeah. over the 73-win uh, team in Golden State. I would say Ray Allen shot. Ray Allen shot was big, but that didn't because win a series. They were, yeah, right. And they were going to, but they were down in that game. What about so the it's, Magic it's Johnson of, hook? I think it was 85 against the baby, the, the junior, junior sky hook. But that was like the game four. Oh, okay. Wasn't series clinching. Huh. Yeah. Uh, so four or five. But I think it's Ray. I, I probably go. You're Damian, right. Ray Damian Lillard extinguishing in the first round. Oh, no. Stop. Come on over, Paul Stop. George. Hey, by the way, that shot is. I, I'm a big Dame. You know, he works out at my I gym. I love Dame. So I, I, I talked to him last summer. MJ, ooh. MJ against the Jazz. Here's here's the thing. That was Blue one game, of the biggest push off. Oh, that's a good point. It was one of the well, it wasn't really. If you watch it, it wasn't much of a push off. It was definitely a Hand push-off. was on there. It was I think it was a good no call. Hand yeah, no, no. I'm not him, saying it was but, it was right. a, yeah, yeah. But here's the one thing. The Bulls weren't in danger of losing. Even if they had the game was tied, I believe. And even if they had lost. They were not gonna, you know, the the game. It would have well, went to a game seven. Wasn't Warriors, Cavs tied? It was tied, but it was game seven. It was games. It was game seven. That that is why, because that's why I kind of put the Ray Allen shot as number one. Because if he misses that shot, it's over. Yeah, I think the, the game, Spurs the had series, the champagne everything. courtside, right? I was at that game. Yeah. They the the NBA security was bringing the yellow rope around the court. So they that the fans wouldn't storm the court during the celebration with the Spurs. So yeah, that's that's why I I, I put that shot up there as number one. J Mac, it's been a lot of fun, brother. Tons of fun, CB. Always stay is. healthy out there. Yep, take care of your family and be safe, brother. Peace.